Amy, you know how I can tell it's the first Tuesday of the month? How? Amber showed because up? Because Amber shows up. <laughs> it's kind of like Groundhog Day. Uh, you know, it, it's we the did make it on of February the, yeah. because you see all the people. It's the only thing people talk about groundhogs at all. And it's the first Tuesday when the Whiskey Widow shows up. Yeah, what and are so groundhogs doing excited. for the rest of the year? I don't know. Getting confused for moles, <laughs> uh, maybe? Interesting. We, the, we literally don't talk about them. No. Any other time of the year. I think, frankly, they're lucky they get that one time. Yeah, right, that's... Bingo. Let's, let's be honest, but... That's true. I mean, we that's talk true. about gophers more than we talk about groundhogs. Don't we? I mean, just because it's a mascot, maybe? Oh, I was thinking more for, oh. like, golf courses. Oh. 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 oh, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have a different opinion of, of the gophers. Our the brain all gopher. went a different way. <laughs> Amber Gustafson is in studio with us. She is the Whiskey Widow. You can find all of her writings at the Whiskey widow.com um, where she shares a lot of just her insight into what it was like to as she puts it erase her dry or her whiteboard completely um i loved that can we talk about that pers- just that i i don't know i whatever you want to call it just that that shock of following a sudden death of a spouse what that looks like what what it feels like and I loved your perspective on it because it made it made me go, oh, I, I don't know what that feels like, but it feels like something that I can wrap my brain around when you say it like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that was one of the most uh, commented posts that I got. I got people reaching out to say, the way you described that, I could finally somehow maybe understand a little bit, right? Yep. You know, everybody's yep. very careful to, you know. Oh, I don't know what it's like, but, you know, when you describe it that way, you can see the years of the scribbles and the circles and the stars and the amount of things that would end up on a whiteboard for as long as a marriage of 15 years. And then to just come home and have it all be gone, it would be, it's jarring. It's obviously shocking. It's devastating. But to sit there and just think that you've lost so much, even stuff that was never going to happen, inside jokes, just, you know, it's just, it's gone. Yeah, your whiteboard is wiped completely clean. And now your now your job is to sort of navigate how to make that map for yourself and your family. And in your case, a map for three young kids. Now you've got to scribble on this whiteboard and figure out how to make it all work again. And that is that's a daunting task, but I do like how you explain it because it does make someone who has never been in that position feel like they can relate to that a little bit. Like your roadmap is totally blank. Everything is gone and you have to sort of start over. And you kind of don't even want to, right, for a right. while. I mean, you know you will, but like after it's all gone and you're looking at it, you're thinking about what used to be there and you're like, I don't even want to write something down right now. I don't know where to go. Yeah. I know that in this case we're talking about the loss of your husband, but really you're talking about loss in general. That whiteboard could be a job you've been going to for 25 years that one day decides that it's no longer a good fit. It could be moving to a different part of the country where you don't have any kind of support group. It could be dropping out of college. It, I mean, anything that's a major life piece that all of a sudden is gone. You know, something that defined your day-to-day, right? Yeah. And having to realize that, like, listen, 
this is this is tough to look at a blank whiteboard. I think it, it it some of these things that I'm writing about, just describing it as loss in general, is is way more. People can grasp onto that because you're right. It's not just for people who've lost their spouse. That's a real sliver of the population. But everybody is dealing with loss in some form or another. And the the way that you get through that when how you thought life was going is just shut down on you one day. I mean, everybody needs some pick-me-up, some how do, how do I get through this? And it really applies to a lot more than the specific people who've lost a spouse. I mean, it, it definitely is there, right? It, sure. It, that's a, the major element in how you write it, but I think it's got that application to a lot of people. Amy and I were discussing the other day about how uh, I my wife has changed through the pandemic, right? So there's been a change in her personality. And Amy said, well, yeah, it's because we all have trauma from this thing that happened to the entire globe and nobody wants to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, no, you're, your wife's not the only one that changed. I changed. You probably changed. We yep. all changed. And we all had this really traumatic thing happen that changed how we looked and felt about the world around us. And then we're all just supposed to go back to normal. And we're like, what does that even mean? So in a way, like we all sort of, in a sense, looked at that that whiteboard that was like wiped clean of everything we thought we knew, probably still some resentment of things that happened or didn't happen or all of these weird in-betweens of like, yeah, we are, we are, we all dealt with this like big thing and never really talked about it. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, mask became a four-letter word to people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they found ways to thrive or sur- just survive inside their own homes. You know, a place where you're like, well, yeah, you're fine. You've got everything that you need here. Well, not when it becomes week number three and you haven't left the house to do anything. When going shopping becomes a whole ordeal. And so after Amy was talking about this, I was like, you're absolutely right. And we all process it differently. Yeah. And we all have a different experience going forward. In one of our last conversations, I had asked you, like, well, tell me some of the things that Adam always did that you now all of a sudden had to do. And that conversation, by the way, it's podcast at kfjo.com, went in some really weird directions. And to me, I think it is absolutely one of the elements where you you don't know what you're capable of until you're pushed to it in a lot of cases. Would you say that? Would you agree with that? No? Yeah, no, I, I would. I would agree with that. And I'd say you just... Why would you ever want to find out on something? You know what I mean? Right. right? There's yes. no reason to know yes. that you can do these things. Nobody wants to be overcoming their whole life. You'd like to be like, no, things were great. But, you know, that is where you learn, right? When you're striving through something. I don't like heights. And I know that I could jump out of a plane with a parachute and survive. But I don't want to try right. that. You don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be the one responsible for pulling a ripcord. It's just not it's not something that is inside of me at all as a human being. But I know that I would rather do that than, you know, I don't know. Be like try to get someone to like come it's, it's weird cuz they like swim in the air and come over to me and pull the ripcord like I just can't Well, I mean, do that. you'd do it if you were out flopping yeah. around in the sky, right? <laughs> and you happen to have a parachute on, you'd go ahead and pull it to save your life. You but. could hear it in the next county the <laughs> And then I would be unhappy the whole time I'm floating down too, because the ground would keep getting closer and closer. I don't, I don't need to find that. But I know some people that's the thrill of their lives. 
They like that. You ever have you ever been bungee jumping, skydiving, any of those things? No. Any desire? Mm, I mean, I could be talked into it. I just really? it hasn't been right in front of me. Okay. Uh, I was supposed to bungee jump once in Norway and the river was too high, yada yada. But so we it, we didn't do it. But I was supposed to, but the weather conditions didn't work out. So. Were you like a little low key glad that they weren't, I, well, or were you I wasn't disappointed? Super sad, I think, <laughs> given the way everything was looking, I'm like it's cold and windy and the the river's high. I don't really want to fall into it. So. Yeah, no, I wasn't distraught about super it. Super yeah. excited. Save about that it. for another day, if ever. Yeah, mm. I would be okay with never doing that. That would be okay if I never checked that off my bucket list. It's probably not on your bucket list. Nope, no, yeah. not at all. No, or skydiving or any of that. Nope, nope, not at all. I don't even really want to do roller coasters anymore. That's how old I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> I like look at one and I'm, no, I'm good. I don't know what happens to our bodies. We had a whole discussion about this one time on our show, did we not? Where we discussed the how. Stuff that- brings you to the brink of fear and no no no. how like little kids can like handle being twirled around or roller coasters more than the jostling there's some kind of science behind our brains and why that happens think of the person whose job it is to ride the roller coaster once it's been built to tell you yeah you know that turn is too sharp i kind of cracked my neck a little bit so we gotta we gotta put a little bit of brake on at that point that sounds like a miserable job. And you probably ride it like 70, 80 times before you put it, your report in. No, I had you. never thought about that. You think there's a person that does that? I guarantee you there's a person that does that. Maybe there's a team, so the same one isn't just going, going over, over and, and over, over and over, over. again. We got to see how it affects well, you got different multiple heights different, and different people. probably yeah. have to yeah. ride every single position. So if oh. there's oh, like yeah. 20, no, thank you. 20 little carts, you got to ride all 40, you know. I would imagine. I would imagine. I'd never thought about that before. Upside, can't there's they, no line. Can't they use like some kind of artificial intelligence dummy to tell them? No, no I bet way. they've created that. No, because you don't you'd think also, so. You'd also have to find out if it's too terrifying, right? Yeah, there's, that's true. At one point, well, you have to I be think like, they have to know that before they build it. I'm no engineer. So? <laughs> Very clearly, I know nothing about this <laughs> at all. But they're not going to invest all that money in it and then put you on the ride and be like, yeah, it's just a little this too, just too scary. scary. Yeah, we're going to shut her down. No one, no one wants <laughs> I to think do they've this. done a lot of test work before it's built. Yeah, it's it, yeah, I don't like <laughs> scary rides. In fact, when my wife and I were courting, we went to Valley Fair and I have never ridden the roller coasters. And she's like, let's go on Wild Thing. And I went on Wild Thing, and the picture of my face was probably the most unattractive I've ever looked in my life. But also, she's like, oh, were you really scared? And I was like, yeah. This yes, is, I was. This is not, I guess I should let you know, this is not who I am. So if this is important <laughs> for you and a partner, this I just did this because I was trying to impress you, and it's not worth it. <laughs> You're great, but this was not worth it. But this fear. was awful. I, I hope you bought it. that photo and it's framed in your house. Yeah, we somewhere. did. Yeah. yeah, we did. Of course we did. Yeah. <laughs> and then she got me to ride the like the Tower of Terror in oh Disney World, gosh. and we got that photo too. And that's another one where she's yay, and I've got this. It's the face of someone who just ate a thousand limes <laughs> and is being pushed backwards. If you can envision that. I just broke the news <clears throat> to my son the other day that there was a Disney World and a Disneyland. He didn't know they existed. He just turned six. So why would he know that? Um, and then I was making up a story about something. And in my made up story, they went to Disneyland or Disney World, one of the two. And he goes, is that a real place? 
And I was like, uh oh, no, 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 no it's not. No, it's not. yeah, it would <laughs> totally, be cool if it was totally made up. No, not at all real. As long as you make that when you're <laughs> nine or ten, would that or be cool? 14. <laughs> what is the appropriate age to take kids to Disneyland or Disney World? Well, if they're, I mean, if they're into the princesses, you want to get them while they're still young enough to believe those are the princesses, you know. Mm. I mean, that's so true. You can't, you, you might miss that window. I don't know. We went, I think, when my oldest were six and four or something like that. Okay, seven, that's five, brave. Like I was that. hoping for older than that. Left Emily back, but, uh, well, and now she thinks she needs to go because she's been gypped and I mean, she's, she's, eight. she's not, not wrong. wrong. She's <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> right, she needs yeah. to go. That sounds like just what I want to do. We're Single gonna parent my way through Disney. No, World. you did. Yes. No, we. Uh, no, no. You make it a group project. There are several other families that go, and you make sure that those families, they don't have to necessarily have kids the same age, but kids that get along with your kids, and then you make it a group project. It's not a bad idea. I did that the other weekend. I went with my kids to an event. And I just made sure there were like three other families there that I knew. And then we just group project those kids the whole time. And it's nice. Takes a little pressure. Yeah, off. it does. It does. We should, I don't know why we're not doing every trip like that. Like every time you take your kids on a trip, make it a group project. Because you know at some point they're going to see you at your absolute worst on that trip. Like... Your, Not this if other you group have... you're taking is going to see the meltdown of like, I don't know where Minnie Mouse is. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? But that like takes the pressure. Like, Surely not Amy and, then, and I. No, of yeah. course not. No, you're no. calm, cool, collected. It's At all times. It's 95 degrees yeah. and there's a line for the water fountain, but it's no big deal. <laughs> Somebody's got dropped ice cream on me. and bleh. Yeah. No, it's not. But if at least if you have like backup there and everybody's kind of helping everybody and kids respond to people that aren't their parents all the time better than they do their own parent. And so you just kind of you get it. OK. So what she's thought. saying, Amber, is do you want to go to Disney? Youngest to, yeah. to yeah, Disney you with, with yeah. Amy. I'll take. Okay. Yeah, I'll Noted. take it. When are you guys going? Send me the deets. I'll okay. get her a ticket. Yes. Yeah. She's in. Thanks, Amber. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. We'll see you next month, first Absolutely. Tuesday of the month, 1240. Adios. Bye. We invite you to.